Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though, and links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we're talking about how you can track your cycle and use fertility awareness effectively in under five minutes a day. I'm Rachel, and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor, and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator, and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition, and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor, because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. You're listening to the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. Want to say goodbye to hormonal contraceptives and their weird and unpleasant side effects? Want to improve your chances of conceiving quickly and naturally? Sounds like you need my fertility roadmap, my simple three-step system to understanding your body's natural fertile signs and pinpointing ovulation day so that you can use this knowledge to achieve or avoid pregnancy. To grab your free copy, head over to manawomenswellness.com forward slash roadmap. Hello and welcome to episode number 31 of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I'm going to talk you through exactly how I track my cycle and use fertility awareness effectively in under five minutes a day. Fertility awareness and charting has a reputation for being time-consuming, overwhelming, and just another thing on our never-ending to-do lists. We're already trying to remember to drink enough water, exercise every day, text everyone back, be a good friend, partner, mother, sister, employee. It's a lot. And so many women are missing out on this incredible knowledge simply because they ain't got time for that. So today I'm going to talk you through the most thorough version of fertility awareness and show you how exactly how easy it is to incorporate it into your day. So I'm going to track the three main fertile signs as I talk you through this, cervical mucus, basal body temperature, and cervix position. But please remember that you do not have to track all three of these for this method to be effective for conception or for contraception. If you only want to track one fertile sign, you monitor your cervical mucus because it is the most reliable indicator of your fertile window. 
If you want a backup, and I do recommend a backup, especially for birth control, you can also track your basal body temperature. Now, my OCD brain likes the numbers I can attach to temperature, whereas mucus is a little bit more subjective, especially when you're first trying to get your head around it. The third sign you can track, and this one is absolutely optional, but helpful, it's the position of your cervix. So first, let's just go over these three signs and what they tell you about your fertile window. And then I'll talk you through how I track each of them in less than five minutes a day. Let's begin with the queen of your fertility, cervical mucus. Like I said, you might find that once you become familiar with your body's fertile signs, the changes in your mucus on their own might be enough to give you all the information you need about your fertile window and ovulation. You might find that you don't need to take your temperature or check your cervix or use any of the other secondary fertile signs to confirm ovulation, and that's absolutely okay. The cervix is the neck of the uterus that leads on into the vagina. The cervix contains glands that have the sole function of producing mucus. As hormone levels fluctuate throughout the menstrual cycle, these glands will produce different types of mucus. So during the non-fertile phases of the menstrual cycle, the mucus is thick and it forms a dense plug at the cervix. This mucus plug will close the cervix and block sperm cells from entering the uterus, meaning they die in the vagina after a few short hours. When this mucus plug closes the cervix, you are not fertile and you cannot get pregnant. When the thick mucus plug breaks down in preparation for ovulation, the mucus-producing glands begin to secrete a thin, watery, lubricative fluid that nourishes sperm and helps sperm cells to move through the vagina towards the egg. This type of mucus can keep sperm alive for up to five days inside the acidic environment of the vagina, but without it, sperm dies within hours and it makes pregnancy virtually impossible. Fertile cervical mucus also forms channels that guide sperm through the vagina, through the cervix and into the uterus and towards the fallopian tube where the egg is waiting to be fertilized after ovulation. Changes in cervical mucus throughout the menstrual cycle are the most obvious signs of fertility. So changes in color, thickness, texture and amounts are all influenced by the hormonal changes that occur during the menstrual cycle. And so how your cervix looks throughout your menstrual cycle will change throughout the phases too. Each woman will have very different cervical mucus patterns, so some will quite easily be able to notice that distinct wet and dry change according to where they are in their cycle, while others might notice fluid throughout their cycle. Others might struggle to observe any at all. If you find that it's difficult to really distinguish between fertile and non-fertile mucus for you, or if you're just not seeing anything at all, then this is when it's handy to be aware of the body's other key fertile signs, and that way you can use a combination to help you to clarify when ovulation has occurred. Next, let's talk about basal body temperature. So charting your body temperature can be combined with charting your mucus if you want an extra indicator of ovulation and where you are in your menstrual cycle. So if you can clearly identify fertile mucus and you're really confident in tracking the changes throughout your cycle, then you might not need to track your temperature. But if you want a backup, if you want a second source of information, or like I said, if you're not seeing clear differences in your mucus throughout your cycle... Maybe you have mucus every day. Maybe you can't see any. Temperature has the extra benefit of being able to observe a physical change. So you can observe a shift in temperature that helps you to confirm ovulation rather than just relying on mucus alone. 
then these are situations when charting your basal body temperature can come in handy. But remember, tracking your mucus is the key. So mucus on its own is certainly effective, but if you want to track your temperature too, you will need to combine it with charting your mucus. So it's not enough on its own to just track your temperature and nothing else, especially when it comes to natural birth control. So when I say basal body temperature, what am I actually talking about? Basal body temperature, often called BBT, it's the body's resting temperature after at least four to six hours of uninterrupted sleep. So it's assessed by taking your body temperature orally first thing in the morning after waking up and before any physical activity. So the most accurate readings are given before we start moving around for the day. So you want to take your temperature as soon as you wake up and while you're still in bed. More on this later. Now, the best advice I can give you is not to try to analyze your temperatures every single day. Sometimes our temperature for the day can be a little off. Maybe we didn't sleep well. Maybe we're hot and bothered. Maybe we slept in for an extra hour or two. On most of my charts, I will have one or two really wonky temperatures that are either unexpectedly high or low, and they make no sense in the context of my complete chart. This is totally normal, but the reason why you can't rely just on temperature to tell you if you're fertile. What we want to look at with our temperature is the overall pattern throughout our cycle, because the day after ovulation, our temperature rises and it will stay high until our next period. So the day-to-day itself isn't super important, but we can use our temperature to retrospectively confirm ovulation. Understanding patterns in your temperature can take a few cycles to understand, so that's why daily tracking is the best way to get there faster. Try to be as consistent as possible and take your your basal body temperature at around the same time every day, but don't feel like you have to set an alarm for 6am every day, even on the weekends, just to take your temperature. So a good night's sleep is far more important, and if your weekend temperatures are taken an hour or two later, that's fine. Just make a note of it on your chart because they might be that little bit higher. Of course, if you have a ridiculous body clock and a puppy like me that wakes you up with the sun every morning, just take your temperature, then roll over and go back to sleep and look at it later. Now, basal body temperature is used to retrospectively determine the timing of ovulation because there's a rise in our temperature of 0.2 to 0.5 degrees that remains high until your next period. So ovulation usually occurs the day before we see the temperature shift, but it can be delayed in some women. With experience, you'll learn when it happens for you based on your mucus peak day. So the last day of low temperatures will be the peak day and then it will rise. So the temperature shift will be the day after the peak day, the day after ovulation. Your temperature will then stay high until your next period. And so the day your temperature drops again, you'll likely get your period that same day. And it's the best way to wake up knowing that it's arriving so you don't get caught out. Another perk of charting and tracking your temperature. So now we can add a second sign that helps us to confirm ovulation. So your peak day occurs on the day ovulation. And like I said, the rise in basal body temperature happens one day after ovulation. And so for both, there is no way of predicting when this is going to happen unless we observe the changes in our mucus in the lead up. We can only look back the day after ovulation to confirm for sure that it's happened. So what is it about ovulation that triggers these changes in mucus and temperature? It's progesterone. Progesterone is the cause of that upward shift in basal body temperature after ovulation. 
When one of the ovaries has released an egg, the follicle from which it was released becomes a corpus luteum and it begins to produce progesterone. So this hormone produces heat. So as progesterone levels rise after ovulation, so too does your basal body temperature. So your temperature is reflective of your progesterone levels throughout your menstrual cycle, and the sudden drop in temperature as your period arrives is due to the sudden drop in progesterone at the end of your menstrual cycle. If you still need some extra clarity, then the next fertile sign that you chart is the shape and the position of your cervix. Now, as a physio with a special interest in women's health and the pelvic floor, as someone who relies on their hands to feel for, you know, slight changes in muscle tension and soft tissue, I absolutely loved learning about the changes in my cervix throughout my menstrual cycle because for me, being able to physically feel changes in my body during my fertile window really helped me to clarify my knowledge when I was first learning about my fertile signs. But like I said, this step is absolutely not essential. If you're not comfortable feeling your cervix every day, that's absolutely fine. To physically be able to feel when your cervix is open or closed is incredible helpful real-time information though. And just like cervical mucus, and body temperature, you need to do it consistently throughout your menstrual cycle so that you can actually track the changes. Again, it's all about comparing what you observed today with what you observed yesterday. So how does the cervix change throughout the menstrual cycle? We already know that during menstruation, the cervix is open because it's allowing bleeding to occur. So we don't need to check our cervix during our period. But as our period ends, the mucus plug forms at the cervix and it closes and we can feel that the cervix sits quite low and we can feel that it's closed. As this mucus plug dissolves and the cervix opens for ovulation, we can feel that the cervix now sits higher and it's more open. Then again, after ovulation, the cervix closes again and the mucus plug reforms and it sits lower again. The beauty here is that you can physically feel whether the cervix is open or closed or high or low every single day. And so let's, how to tr- let's actually talk how to track each of your main fertile signs now, including the cervix position. So I'm going to talk you through how I chart my fertile signs every day with very little brain power on my part in under five minutes. And it all begins the moment I wake up. So like I said, you don't need an alarm clock to take your basal body temperature at the same time every day. So most people do have a regular time that they wake up most days of the week. So that's your baseline. If you sleep in on the weekend, that's fine. Just write a note on your chart if you notice that your basal body temperature is a little bit higher than average when you sleep in, which is pretty normal. Some women have very temperamental temperatures that are affected by slight changes like a sleep-in, but others are pretty same-same, even if they've gotten up to wee during the night. With charting, you will work out what your basal body temperature is like and how temperamental or sensitive it is. So, I take my temperature as soon as I wake up while I'm still lying in bed. So not only is this before I get out of bed to pee, before I get up and put the kettle on, this is before I really move it it all. So it's before I roll over to snuggle my partner. It's before I start playing on my phone. Even my dog knows that she's not getting breakfast until she hears the beep of my thermometer. It's really cool how I've trained her for that one. Now, As soon as I wake up and I go into that half awake, half dreaming state where I know I'm awake, but not really yet ready to open my eyes, I grab my thermometer that I've put on my bedside table the night before and I pop it in my mouth for a couple of minutes. When it beeps, I take it straight out of my mouth and I pop it back on my bedside table and I don't even look at it. Sometimes I just roll over and go back to sleep. 
When I'm actually getting out of bed, I'm awake, I'm slightly more conscious, then I turn the thermometer back on and I look at the last recorded temperature. Then I'm in a much better state to actually remember the numbers on the screen and write them down on my chart. And I literally just take a pen and circle that number for the day and I won't come back to my chart until tonight. So the good news is that you barely need to be conscious to make this work for you. Next, I go about my day. So I observe my mucus in my underwear or on toilet paper after wiping. And we all have to go to the toilet anyway, so all you have to do is take a little peek at your undies while you're having a wee, or just take a mental note of whether you feel wet or dry around your vulva as you go around the day. Walking's a really good one for this because this tends to bring that cervical mucus out of the vagina and into the vulva in real time. Mucus might be a little bit more noticeable after a bowel motion, as well as doing some pelvic floor exercises too. Couldn't help myself there. I had to throw that one in because that is another reason to do your pelvic floor exercises every day. So then I've gone about my day and at the end of the day, I have a shower. And if you have a shower in the morning, that's all good. Nothing changes for you. When you're in the shower, you know your hands are clean and you're not going to pass on any infection. So I take a finger, I insert it into my vagina and I feel my cervix. So the easiest way to remember what the cervix looks and feels like during our fertile window is with the acronym SHOW, S-H-O-W. So S is soft, H is high, O is open, and W is wet because we already know about the wet sensation at the vulva and the fertile mucus that the cervix produces during our fertile window. In the non-fertile phases between our period and ovulation, and then again after ovulation and before our next period, the cervix does the opposite. So it's firm, it's low, it's closed, and it's dry. So right now, I want you to take your finger and touch the tip of your nose. How does it feel? Kind of firm, closed, because we're touching the tip, not picking our nose, and it's dry. Now take your finger and place it on your lips. How does that feel? Soft, open, and likely a little wet. So in your non-fertile phases, your cervix feels like the tip of your nose. It sits quite low. So if you insert your finger into your vagina, you'll actually hit your cervix faster than you would during your fertile window. The opening at the cervix almost feels like a dimple as it's closed. As estrogen levels rise with ovulation, the cervix softens, opens and rises. And you will actually find that you really do have to stretch your finger up quite high to reach the cervix. And when you feel this every day, you will notice the physical changes in your cervix from one day to the next. Like I said, I suggested doing this in the shower because of the clean fingers, but also because we're creatures of habit and we tend to have a shower around the same time every day. So this means that we're feeling our cervix at the same time every day too, which gives us a more accurate idea of how it's changing from one day to the next. So if you've had sex before checking for the day, your results might be a little wonky because the act of sex itself will likely open up the vagina to accommodate the penis. So it might feel like your cervix is open. But because you will notice that in your fertile window, your finger goes straight in, compare that to your non-fertile phase and your finger will be met with slightly more resistance. So we've now arrived at the end of the day. I've checked my temperature in the morning. I've observed my mucus throughout the day and I've had a shower and checked my cervix position. Now that we're at the end of the day, I take out my chart. I've already circled my basal body temperature this morning, so now I just have to fill in the rest of the information. And you can do this on an app too. I'm just a pen and paper girl. I write the temperature out. 
I reflect on whether or not I felt wet or dry today. And I note down as a couple of descriptor words for my cervical mucus. So I might write dry or sticky or creamy or slippery and so on. And then I'll draw a little circle on my chart to represent my cervix. So in the little box on my chart, I'll either draw the circle at the top or the bottom of the box, according to whether my cervix was high or low. And I color the circle in. So it's a closed cervix. It's colored in, or I'll leave it open if my cervix was open that day. Then I'll have a quick look at yesterday's notes and I'll compare. So if all of these fertile signs indicate that I'm in my fertile window, I take out a pink pen and I mark it as one of my fertile days. Otherwise, I just leave it. And that is it. And really, the only thing that we're adding to our busy day is literally sitting down at the end of the day and writing things in our chart. And that takes less than five minutes, like I said. So when you wake up, you lie there, you stick a thermometer in your mouth. When you go to the toilet, which you're doing anyway, you pay attention to your cervical mucus. And when you're in the shower, you quickly check your cervix. It's really not time consuming at all. The most time consuming part will be analyzing the results of your chart. And remember, I said that you do not need to overanalyze day by day. Based on what cycle day you're on, you'll know what you should be looking out for. You'll know if you're waiting for ovulation or menstruation. And that helps you to really analyze things differently. So if time or if being too busy is your reason for not trying fertility awareness for yourself, then I truly hope this episode helped you to understand how quick and easy it can actually be. And the analysis part for me now really only takes a couple of moments of thought. It didn't at first, but when I was still learning, it took a bit longer, but now it's all autopilot and it can be this easy for you too. And remember, I charted all three fertile signs in this example today, but you don't have to. You might just track mucus and then it's even less time taken. So now I want to hear from you. If you're already charting, I want to know how long it takes you a day. Are you a paper girl or are you an app girl? If you're not charting and you thought it was too time consuming, are you converted now? Shoot me a DM on Instagram and let's have a chat about charting. If you want to know more about how to get started with charting and tracking these fertile signs for yourself, then you can grab a free copy of my fertility roadmap along with today's show notes with everything I talked about in this episode, as well as links to freebies and other related episodes at manawomenswellness.com slash 31. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Mana Women's Wellness, slide into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit manawomenswellness.com forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone. Wear the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. 
Tempdrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where Tempdrop steps in to provide clear science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my Tempdrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash Tempdrop for more information.